Welcome to The Call to Create. I'm your host, Charlie Teal, and today I get to sit down with a friend and a coach, Ryan Clark, a third-degree Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and the owner and director of Clark's University of Martial Arts. Yeah, he used to teach him cover classes. He a lot. looks like a freaking movie type. Like he's got his all long limbs and he's he's just really athletic. Kid. Yeah, you know, six one or six two, I think. Yeah, um, but just extremely athletic, a good athlete. Probably he's going to be good just about anything he does. Right. And um, when he first started training with us, he was a firefighter and did outline, you know, wildlife uh, uh, firefighting yeah, yeah. stuff. And uh, then he comes to me one day and says, "Coach, I think I want to do Muay Thai full time. I think I want to fight." I'm like. Cool. Let's like, uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah. Then he he came in. He he kind of hit the ground running and kept going and just stayed with it. And then he uh, went to Thailand last year, I think, for a couple weeks trained. And then uh, yeah, this last March he moved. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna move to Thailand. And the gym that he's training out over there, they they uh, recruited him to be on like their competition fight team. So it's kind of cool to have a student go oh, and then cool. yeah. you know, a gym in Thailand say, hey, you know, you move here, and you don't have to pay for anything, we'll pay you away, all this stuff, you can just move here and fight for us. And, and like, <clears throat> is that still hold it? Like, are they still putting him up like through all the yeah. COVID stuff and everything, yeah. even though they can't fight? Yep. So he's just been kind of hanging out over there and doing his thing. Uh, training. He does a lot of social media stuff for them over there too. But um, but yeah, hopefully he'll get a fight here soon. He's been waiting a while. I think the original plan was to fight twice a month. You know, at least and that was like in Thailand. three months ago. Uh, March. So that's March, like five months five ago months now, ago. something like that. So, but yeah, he's enjoying it. It sounds like his girlfriend went with him, so they're having a good time. I'm glad he got a chance to go and experience it because how often yeah. can you do that in your life, right? Like, yeah, he's at the perfect age, not much responsibility. Just go and do it. And they know. put him up and yeah. pay for all the travel yep. and all that stuff. So it's like the perfect situation. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. 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 All dress. right. So we are live. Here we are on the next episode of The Call to Crete. Today I'm sitting down with the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Clark. We, we've been talking about uh, you were one of the first Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners and gyms in Oregon. Mm-hmm. You're a third, and I'm going to probably get a lot of this wrong, so correct right. me as we go, but definitely third-degree Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, yep. uh, instructor in Muay Thai, um, stick fighting as well, yep. Filipino stick fighting. Filipino martial arts, yeah. And... There's Jeet Kune Do. Jeet Kune, well, yeah, Jeet Kune Do, and then there's one other as well, the Filipino right? martial arts, mainly those four. Yeah, that's really okay. what Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, Jeet Kune Do, and Filipino martial arts. Yeah. Been a good and guy. you, you were, we were talking before we started the cameras rolling that you, you started at like 14 or 15 in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, so I started uh, about 15 years old, 1992. Yeah, and, and uh, I just happened to walk into the right gym at the right time. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, how did that even happen? Like, yeah, so was... it's kind of funny, you know, I, I was a, such a huge Bruce Lee fan, like most kids are. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about these days, but yeah, back, yeah. In the, back in the 90s, it was, he you was know, Bruce Lee. Yeah. God. And so I had found out that he trained Wing Chun, and so I was actually looking for a Wing Chun school. I was like, I want to do what Bruce Lee did, I want to find out what that was about. And I'd heard of Jeet Kune Do, but didn't really know much about it. And I remember driving in Eugene on 7th Street, and there was a sign that said, Jeet Kune Do. And I was like, I'm going in here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the rest is history. They happened to teach Filipino martial arts. They did uh, 
jujitsu, or actually they were working on jujitsu. The jujitsu right. wasn't around at that time. And I mean, so it was pretty much bringing in the Gracie's. Hickson like, came in. It was like 92 or 93. 92. Like yeah, 1992. Yeah. And so our first experience with jujitsu was, was having Hickson come in and do seminars. And those seminars at that time had like 25 people. Wow. Yeah. Nobody knew anything about it. Nobody. Yeah, no, in fact, like, I remember when I was 15, I didn't have any money in my, I still have the flyer in my gym today, but it's a Hickson Gracie. You know, he's the king of, you know, he's yeah. considered one of the best practitioners of jiu-jitsu in the world, right? So um, the seminar was two days, $40. <laughs> <laughs> with Hicks and Gracie. Yeah, and, uh, and I remember asking my parents, I, I, I asked my coach, I said, is this something I should go to? Because, uh, you know, I don't have $40. I have to ask my parents to get this, right. you know. He's like, you, this guy is considered the best guy on the planet right now. Over 400 fights, wins them all. Don't miss it. And um, I got the 40 bucks my parents wow. went, and that was it. I didn't have a gi. We just trained on the, uh, no mats even. There was no, the idea of having mats to roll on was not even really around at that time it was just pretty much the the you know the the green carpet yeah so, right mm-hmm. yeah it was i definitely got in at the right time God, and yeah and your first experiences was freaking hicks and gracie yeah yeah there you know it was it was uh and looking back it was the chance of a lifetime i mean you right. know I, it, it was such a gym now in my personal history of like training that i got a chance to do that you know training right. with this guy uh you know he because he would come up every i don't know maybe maybe every eight months like every once a year or something like that right. so it was you know we got two seminars in before the ufc hit and then once the ufc hit when hoist's brother was dominating then Forget it went it. Yeah, nuts won, right? won but, the whole thing yeah but up until that point we had seminars that were like 25 30 people in it if right. that you know and that's like back when ufc was there were no weight limits no time limits yeah no nothing it was yeah. just like you go until somebody's wins somebody yeah. wins or... i mean that's the thing i think people forget these days is that yeah. those early practitioners in in, in the ufc bare knuckles hardly yeah. any rules and you're fighting three or four Didn't times in a yeah night. that's right you yeah know, you it, it's fought. not just one yeah. yeah that's that's pretty it's pretty impressive to look back on be, i mean like gracie i can't remember the guy that he fought against hoist yeah it was like 260 or 270 or there was like a chemo and then there was there was there was a dan sever and there's a bunch of other guys i can't yeah. remember I, it's been so long since i've seen those but um but yeah, we, I, I remember when Hickson came in and did a seminar at our school in Eugene, there was, I don't know, like I said, 20 people, not very many there. And right. we'd already had a, um, a poster up on the, uh, the gym wall that was an advertisement for the UFC was coming. And it had like on the sides of it, it said like jujitsu versus boxing versus kickboxing versus kung fu versus, right. you know, this whole thing. <laughs> that and, was back when nobody knew, yeah, nobody, like there was no, no there was, the, the words answer. MMA never even existed. Yeah. Right. The, 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 you know, and so I remember asking Hickson, like, are you going to do this? He goes, no, my brother's going to do this, you know? And I was like, oh, cool. So when we watched the first UFC, right. we already had our Gracie beanie on, <laughs> our, you know, Gracie jiu-jitsu shirt. I mean, we already knew yeah. at that point that Hoist was going in, you know, from Hickson being around. Yeah. And, um, and I did, I'll never forget watching that first fight in the first UFC. It was like the sumo wrestler versus the Savat kickboxer guy right, yeah. <laughs> kicked him in the mouth and his teeth came out or something and i remember my eyes must have been this big i was like i couldn't believe what i was watching right i, I mean you know i'm 15 and i'm just like i've never seen anybody get shin kicked in the face and lose their teeth that was like 
why you know you're like that actually yeah happened. That, they're like whoa you know it's yeah. not wwf anymore you know so yeah <laughs> and that was i mean but like where for most kids or some kids they do that for a while and then they sort of go on and move yeah. on with their life uh that wasn't for you you just stuck right to it yeah i i did you know like um high school was a little bit weird for me in the beginning when I went, you know, I think, you know, we had a lot of extra freedom when I went to high school, I had, you could go off campus and, you know, they had a smoking section and, you know, I kind of got into like, you know, a little bit of not trouble, but just like, it wasn't skipping school a lot and, and hardly going. And, and, um, I remember just getting into the martial arts to, feel, it just, it grounded me more. Yeah. And, um, I gave up all that stuff because I wanted to get better at the martial arts. And so I had to, you know, quit like, the smoking, <laughs> you know, I had to, you know, I had to like kind of straighten it up because I wanted to do this so bad and I wanted to get good at it so bad that, um, I really had to like straighten it up, you know, and yeah. really it's kind of one of those stories where martial arts kind of saved, saved you. And right. that's, that's yeah. for me, that's literally kind of what happened. You know, it, it really kept me straight. So wow. yeah, it was good. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people with like, whether, whatever their sport is, whatever yeah. their thing is, mm -hmm. like if I wanted to be good at that. I had to stop screwing around. Right, you have much, to make the sacrifice to get better at it, you yeah. know. And, and I just was really drawn to it, um, the stand-up, not just the jiu-jitsu, but, but all of it in general. I just, I really loved the athleticism. I loved uh, the confidence that made that you got from it, you know, right. kicking the pads and, and, you know, that sort of thing. I liked to spar, you know. It was just all really, really fun. And if you were going to take part in it, you know, you had to go to school. You had to, because right. I was, I didn't have enough money to go, and my parents <clears throat> paying, so like, you know, they're like, okay, if you want to do this, you gotta right. straighten up, and so that's that's what I did, and so I just kept, you know, plugging away at it, and just never looked back. I don't know, I've just been in it ever since. Not even take a break. There's no, never had a year off. Never had a, never even had a a, a month or two weeks off. It's just it, just continuous the whole the whole time. So. It's, I love it. <laughs> and you went to University of Oregon, is that right? Or OSU? Or, so I... So you taught at one of those. Yeah, two, so right? um, early on, um, we got a program started inside the University of Oregon okay. to teach this stuff. And the first class that we started was uh, the Jeet Kune Do class. And so the, the Jeet Kune Do, I don't know if you know or not, but it's Bruce Lee's concept and philosophy. Right. And yeah. it's really kind of the first so-called mixed martial arts for the street application. Okay. Um, it was not like a cage fighting, that sort of thing. It was more, you know, talking about groin strikes, eye pokes, you know, but definitely talking about going from a kicking range to a punching range to a clinch to the ground, kind of mixing it all up, okay. right? So okay. it was kind of, kind of that sort of thing, so. <clears throat> Whereas I guess up to then, everything was like kicking based or striking right. based and. right. Assuming you mean that everyone's going to work within that framework? Correct. Yeah, it was always like, what's better, kicking or punching? And what's better, you know, wrestling or kickboxing? Um, and, and now we all know, you know, for the most part, you need all of them. Yeah, but, yeah. but that was really Bruce's, um, Bruce's point in the early 70s and late 60s was that you need a little bit of everything. You need a martial art that adapts to your body that fits you instead of you adapting to it. You make it yours. Right. You know what I mean? And, and include all these different elements in it. Because if you're just a boxer, what happens if you're on the ground? And if you're just a ground right. fighter, what happens if you have to fight two people, right? So, um, 
so when going back to the UVO, that's that's kind of the program that we taught first was the okay. Jiu-Jitsu class, and um, and then it kind of migrated into just a Jiu-Jitsu class because it was kind of starting to get just a little bit of a buzz, you right. know, since Hoist was you know dominating so well in the right. UFC, and so people wanted to learn Jiu-Jitsu and and that sort of thing. So, but yeah, we started the program in in um, in the UVO. I think that was 1995, 1995, yeah. And then uh, that was that was a lot of fun. In fact, I just went back the other day because my daughter plays volleyball, and we went to the U of O to go um, watch her play. Uh, so was she at U of O? No, no. She just they just hold tournaments there. Okay. And okay. so I, I I just kind of broke off and you know meandered down the halls to go find my own where the where I used to right, teach and, like, and it was all it was very nostalgic I, I had a great time walking around looking at the campus again because I've been right. back since you know yeah. and to go back into the old room where we had classes and it was it was really cool to see so yeah was that how you put yourself through college or anything like that like I'm thinking like kind of that Bruce Lee story of like no I, I you know I I my college was going down to Southern California and training yeah. like I didn't okay. go to regular college okay uh, so you weren't at university no before. I just you taught started there. that program yep okay gotcha yep I just started that program there with another guy another student uh, another training partner um, he was an employee there a doctor there and and uh he and I trained together, so he already kind of had an in gotcha. to help okay. get the U of O, yeah. you know, start because you know they don't just let they, anybody walk in do? and start yeah. a class. Yeah, so um, that that really helped. But yeah, as far as like formal college, I didn't gotcha. I didn't go. Okay. But um, I went to the school of <laughs> jujitsu and and jiu jitsu. Really, right. I mean, I, that's that's what I did. So yeah. So you knew all the way back when you were a teenager you're like this is what I'm doing at least as far as you could see like you're like this is my thing yeah I did um there was there was a brief moment there honestly like around um September 11th when that happened um I was living in Portland at the time and and uh I just felt I don't know I felt like guilt like I wanted to do so I wanted to help do something I felt like man, this is a catastrophe. And I, you know, and so for a very short, brief moment of time, I thought I'd do, uh, be a paramedic. And I actually tried to get into the program and then it just never transpired and never, never did follow that route. But that's one of the only times that I actually ever thought about like not doing martial arts and just completely going into something else. It was right after 9-11 hit. And it's just, for some reason, I just felt like I had to do something yeah. kind of. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But other than that, that's about it not really anything else yeah. for me so yeah but. and now so you you said your daughter how many kids do you have i have two i have a an 18 year old daughter and a 15 okay mm -hmm. and you and stormy have been you guys have been together for a we've been long together a time. very long time yeah so we actually got together in 1991 before i started training so we've been together oh, wow. for <laughs> a very long time um and it's been great, you know, because I think, you know, part of the recipe for success is to have a good support system, right? And yeah. so for me, she's just always been that, you know, like really allowed me to go off and do kind of what I wanted to do and um, just supported me. You know, I wanted to move to Southern California tra to train with some people down there. And and I told her one day, like, hey, let's, let's move to Southern California so I can train. <laughs> <laughs> and she was all about it and she's like okay let's go and so wow. we moved to california for about five years and okay let's move back home okay let's go we moved right. back to portland you know we moved to portland and kind of moved around but you know she's really 
honestly the reason why I'm actually where I'm at, to be honest, because if, if, if it wouldn't have been for her, it would have been very difficult for me to support myself and train 24 hours. Cause when I was living in California, that's all I did was train. That's it. I didn't have a job. I didn't do, I just trained. And so she fronted a lot of the stuff for wow. that to happen. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I just kind of had to get over that hump. I mean, she, there's a lot of support, but there was also like, you know, what are you going to do here? What do you, you got to help like, out? Where is you know, this going? I'm, like, I'm yeah, going to get there one day. You know, I want to teach this. I want to, I want to get good at it. I want to, I want to do this, you know? And, and so, um, once I actually started coaching and making like a living at it, then it was like more like, okay, this makes sense. It's happening now. And you know, right. it was like, go to the gym, you go, go to the gym. Whereas sometimes it had been like, you going down there again? You know, I mean, she was supportive, but like, you know, yeah. as much as I wanted to train at the time, it kind of got old. So, yeah. but I mean, she really all stayed. you're doing seven yeah. days a week. Or yeah, whatever. really. I mean, it, 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 we were training at that time period when I first moved to California, it was six or seven days a week. And it, and it was like five or six hours a day because I used to work, um, one of my old coaches, um, uh, Paul Vunak, is a, is a, was one of my coaches, and he lived down there. And I went to, to go down and help him. And another one of my instructors named Tom Cruise, but uh, not the Tom Cruise, not but different Tom Cruise. Yeah, not, so not I, I, I helped Paul and Tom. That was going to um, be quite the little side. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I went down there to go help those guys out. And, and uh, they had people flying in from all over the world. We would have people coming in from... Europe and you know all over the country you know right. and um, they would want to do training courses and so those guys used me as kind of the dummy like okay Ryan get your gloves on feed this guy do this do that so I just happened to be there and just kind of sucking it all up you right. know as they're training these other people so I really got a lot a lot of time in with those guys which was which was um, excellent I mean I, I wouldn't trade it for anything I, say, you know? yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything exactly why you went there yeah. to get that kind of experience yeah for sure wow. so Yep, and um, so yeah, I spent five years down in, in California, and came back and moved to Portland, and just kind of started to, to, to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, being training myself, but then also, am I going to get a studio? Am I going to, you know, like where am I going to do this? Where am I going to open a gym? How am I going to get students? And kind of that's really the first point of kind of breaking into my own entity in terms of like coaching, you know. Right, so right. yeah. So wearing all of that, because I know that, you know, lineage is very important in mm -hmm. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and your, your black belt is under Megaton Diaz. Yeah. Where did he come into the picture? And so Megaton, D Megaton, they also, his nickname is, well, his nickname is Megaton. Nickname well, is Megaton. Megaton. Yeah, Wellington Diaz is his name, and Megaton is his nickname. Um, he's a Brazilian, um, and he was with Hickson Gracie at the time, okay. and uh, a student of his, and, and just a, a high-level competitor at the time, just competing in everything. And um, we, I got mixed up, mixed up with uh, Megaton from uh, another student that we had that was doing the Jeet Kune Do stuff. So the Jeet Kune Do group at the time was researching all kinds of different, you know, the Jiu Jitsu, the, you know, and so. <clears throat> seeing so, how they could like incorporate it. Right, right. And so we had Hickson up to the, uh -huh. the, the schools. You know, to the to the gym, and he says, you know, you guys should you guys should uh, look at Megaton, you know, because he's he's like a world class competitor that's doing this stuff, you know, his whole life, and you know, so then we started to try, we started looking at Megaton, and he just would like just was destroying everybody, like it was 
I mean, he wasn't he wasn't going easy. It was like you know, like you're playing the kungas on the floor because you're tapping so much. You know, it's like, dude, this guy is insane. He's just so good. And right. so, um, and so we just kind of stuck with him. And and he lives in in Arizona in Phoenix right now. And we've just we've been with him ever since, or I've been with him ever since. You know, um, you know, Megaton is I think probably one of the the best jujitsu guys on the planet for me. I mean, he, you know, he, he, he will tell you otherwise like, Oh man, I don't know. But, but, but I really do. And, and the reason why I think Meg is, is the best guy really is because he's been able to sustain his training and his competition life far beyond what most people do. So, I mean, I know he's in his fifties, you know, early fifties and, and he competes in the worlds every year. He doesn't miss wow. tournaments. He's just wow. every year competing, always competing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things where if I wake up and I'm feeling kind of sore or I'm kind of like achy or I don't <laughs> want to compete or whatever, I think Megaton, like he's <clears throat> yeah. what, older than I am and he's out there and he's going with the 20 year olds still. And when right. he competes, he's competing in the old, adult division and, and doing well. Um, so it's just, one of those things where I can just look up to him and, and you know, he, he's doing it. So there's no excuse. Right. right? So <laughs> I guess that's what helps keep it going. But yeah, been with Megaton for quite some time. 95 was, I think 96 was probably the first time I started training with him. 20, right. 24 years ago, 23. This is a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. 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 And that was, was that in Southern California or was that no, so now I'm getting all my locations. Yeah, so stuff. when I was here, I, I, when I came back, um, we um, we got linked up, and so we were like an affiliate gym for him. And okay. uh, he was located in Arizona, and we were in, in uh, Eugene. I was actually in Eugene for a while. Um, that's where I'm originally from, is Eugene. So, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, but we just kind of kept bringing him in for seminars, and we'd go down there, and he'd come here, and so that's us kind of build the lineage and. And uh, I'm 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 super proud and stoked to be under Meg. You know, I mean, he's just uh, he's he's uh, he's a competitor, right? He's just. Well, I mean, like, you pull up some of some of his like highlight reels and Mm -hmm. clips and stuff, and you're just like, there are literally moves that he does that I watch him in slow motion, and I'm like, it still doesn't make any sense to me at all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, he's very dynamic. Like I said, I I I just I, I find it, you know so cool that he's been able to keep the pressure on the game as long as he has you know he has you know you never hear of him talk about retire right i'm done nothing like meg's gonna go until he's just gone like he he, you know he'll be he'll be the 80 year old out there that can hardly move and he's still competing that's just him you know i'm not like that i'm not like that at all you know but but i respect him for that i mean it's 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 very it's impressive to me you know, yeah. um, I think, you know, as far as like, as you're growing and staying, at, uh, you know, healthy and active, I mean, competing in something is a way to keep sharp in your game somehow. Right. right? right. So um, to, to be competing still at that age and just, you know, no end in sight is it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah like whatever you're doing, whether it's mm-hmm. jujitsu or I don't care what it is, like whatever physical thing you're doing. Yeah. Man, it's like if you can keep doing that, 50, yep. 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, like, yep. yeah. find that thing yeah. man, and go do it. That's, the, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, and, and, and I think understanding the balance of, 
you know, when to push it and maybe when to back off a little bit is important. That's what I'm finding now, like for right. me, my, myself, because I'm on a different path than, than him, yeah. you know, but um, I like to compete, but I don't like to compete that much. Um, yeah. So that's going to dictate how I train and what I'm doing. You know, if, if I'm going to do a, a tournament, you know, I'm going to possibly change my diet, start running more like right. to you know really get tuned up and then but it's it can be hard to sustain that if you're not competing you know and right. so then it's like okay i want to go into the gym and sometimes just do jiu-jitsu round and play instead of it always being competition you know yeah, yeah so yeah. because it's an outlet just to um to move around and just play and have fun yeah so your friends. do you say that's the kind of new the new balance you've struck is like still i mean you still plan on competing and yeah. stuff mm -hmm. and but also then just finding the fun in it too yeah it really is because for me um i, I like the competition because it helps keep your edge sharp you know like i like the idea of competing a couple times a year um but i also like the idea of just going in there and just you know, fine-tuning your body and just being active and, and rolling and creating new relationships with people because that's a big part of it, right? I yeah. mean, you know, you have to have a good team and you have to have a good support system there. And and uh, I, I like all that. I, I, I One of my favorite things, actually, when we're all done and, and, you know, all sweating from rounds and we're just exhausted is we all get in a circle and we all just, like, talk and, and <laughs> right? BS yeah. for another right. 20 minutes to 30 minutes. I, that's That, to me, is 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 so important because that's where people identify with the gym as kind of being like their home, like they have more than just like the jujitsu, you know, yeah. it's kind of like yeah. a, it's an outlet. Right. And, yeah. and it really makes a big difference. You know, like sometimes I find that we'll just be sitting there and talking for 45 minutes and just yeah. BSing about nothing, you know, whatever. And, uh, I, I love it, you know? And so, um, but yeah, for sure, balancing it as far as like, you know, backing it off and And I mean, just the little, the little tiny bit that I've, you know, been doing it mm -hmm. off and on now. But the people, everyone you talk to in there, A, I'm always struck by the, the sort of depth of character of the people that you see in there on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. And yet, and, and also so many of them have either you know trauma or that it is it is a way for them to sort of heal themselves yeah. psychologically and emotionally in a lot of yeah. ways through yeah. that connection of people and family but it's also yep physical I, you know i i think you know jiu-jitsu has a funny way of really pointing out your your weaknesses and and pointing out your strengths you know i mean um getting together with a group of people where the guy is trying to rip your arm off <laughs> or choke you or smother you to death. But then at the end, you slap hands and you give each other a hug like, man, that was so cool. <laughs> I mean, there's not very many, you know, there's not as many sports that do that necessarily, right? right? Like they really come after the guy, um, you know. Yeah, and, or that can do that. Yeah. Like, I mean, like Joe Rogan talks about, like there are only so many times you can get kicked in the head yeah. before it really starts right. to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, but and I think jitsu, it's... I, I really think that that's why people like the jiu-jitsu too, is because you can go, you can kind of go a hundred percent, and nobody really gets hurt. I mean, yeah. you, you know, just the other day we rolled for an hour and a half, round after round after round after round, and everybody walks away just totally fine. Right. If we were to do that with Muay Thai, <laughs> 
you'd be, you know, nose to the side a little bit. Like <laughs> this, my legs tweaked. My my the side of my leg feels like hamburger. You know, what I mean, right. you, you just it's just it's too impactive to train like that. Right. And so, um, I I think that's why people really gravitate towards the jiu-jitsu is because you can kind of go full out. And, you know, as far as what you want to try and do aside from hitting, but um, it allows you to, to, to try your hardest, right? It's very yeah. real and very raw. And, um, and that's, that's, that's my going back to my point, you know, it can bring out your weakness. Like I was, we were just talking beforehand. I said, that, you know, um, in jujitsu, the past four years or so, I've, I've been suffering from pan- panic attacks on right. the ground. And, um, I didn't tell anybody for the long, I, for years. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to bring light to the situation and in my head think that it was bigger than what it was. But I was having legitimate attacks. Like, you know, the person would be on my, you know, they'd pass my guard and I would be stuck on the bottom and I'd feel like I can't breathe. And it was really getting to the point where it was ruining jujitsu for me. It was like, I didn't really want to roll anymore. Um, I did, but with lower levels a lot of times because I just, I did not want to get crushed because I, I couldn't figure out why I was having such a panic attack. And it was something that was brand new. I'd never had that before. Um, That's crazy. That's 20 something years. Yeah, tw- into- yeah 20, 20 some years into the game and never had an issue with it right. ever. And then just one day, you know, a while back, I was rolling and we were going at it and guy got around my guard and was holding me down bigger and stronger. And I just, I, I remember feeling like, I can't breathe. I can't, you know, and I just kind of tapped and kind of, oh, I think I'm good for the day, you know, kind of, you know, kind of closing the round out and saying, right, oh, I, think right. I'm, I think I'm good, you know, but yeah. didn't say anything like, man, I was having like an attack there, you know, and so, um, so I dealt with that for about four years and uh, I, I tried to, I went to therapy. I went to, I went to uh, get like stuff on my head to see if my head was okay. I, right. I, I, I was really concerning to me because this is like my, the joy of my life is to roll, and, and now I'm having a hard time yeah. doing it. You know, and, and also the focus of your whole life. Yeah, I mean the whole of your adult life. Yeah, certainly. and so. Um, so I just had a heck of a time and I thought, well, maybe what I'll do is I'll just try and compete more. Like I'm going to try and push through it and just, and I'd get to tournaments and kind of freeze up a little bit. Cause I was so nervous that, you know, if it wasn't going to go my way, yeah. if I'm going to have a panic attack, I can't tap out at my level, right? right. Like I can't yeah. tap to, to, you know, just because you're feeling just because I'm having squished. a panic attack. Yeah. If I tap, you know, you're, you're a third degree black belt, man. You need to be able to deal with that. You yeah. can't just like, ta- and so that was really nerve wracking for me. And, um, and it really kind of messed with my head when I'd go out there and get ready to compete. I just, I wasn't in, in the game, in the match. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was too much in my head worried about what was going to happen. Yeah. And, um, finally I, 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 uh, I found breath work, man. And, and I, I, that's why I told you, I, I, I now do breath work every day and it's game changer. Like I don't have that anymore. I don't have panic attacks anymore. Right. I don't have anything. It's like, it's brought all of it back to normal. And I'm like, I'm, I'm and so was thankful. That, like how much of that was a physiological change and how much of that was a psychological change or was it like both? I think it was probably 100%. both, right? Because right. the way that you breathe, your body will adapt to the way you're breathing. And so I, I think it's both, you know? Um, but for me, 
um, just just learning simple basic techniques and you know kind of learning and studying from different people and right. you know um, every day I, I pretty much work on breath work and I have a trainer that I work out with and I go run I do that I work in my breath work while I'm doing it and and it's just completely changed and the, the core of that like for people that don't know anything about breath work the core of that or kind of the the very very basic concept is to transition from mouth breathing to nasal breath right, right. like uh, inhale and correct exit. and for me what what was happening is that i was a, a i was a mouth breather so at night i had my mouth open uh as soon as we'd start to roll i'd start breathing through my mouth because nobody told nobody you, you yeah, don't I know mean, like you, 10 years ago nobody was talking no. about I mean, breath. Hicks and Gracie like, was talking about breath work and how important it was, but we're like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do breath work. I, like, I didn't show see me the, that cool I didn't arm see the, bar. Yeah, I didn't see the value in it at that time. Right. You know, I, I didn't. I, it was just like, you know, I, who cares? He's breathing. Right. So what? We're all breathing. Um, and that's the way I looked Hickson at it. And be like, yeah, you were right. Like, yeah. Twenty years ago. Literally, <laughs> like it, it really. Now I see what he's talking about, but. Um, but yeah, that's what was happening. Is I was, I was a habitual mouth breather, and so like, <clears throat> you know. Right when I'd get ready to warm up, I, we'd bow in the class, I'd start jogging, and then I'd get only one corner around, you know, around one corner in the gym, and I'd already be, <sighs> right, and not thinking anything about being on my mouth. Right. And um, what was happening is that when I was on the ground, I was doing more mouth breathing, kicking off that CO2, which creates that panic. Right. You know, because um, like a lot of times when people have a panic attack, they used to put the bag, you know, breathe into a bag. Right. And right. that's to trap the CO2 to send it back in to, to calm you back down. And that's and that's where we're that's where it gets into the neurological yeah. system. Right. Where you're transitioning from parasympathetic to the sympathetic. To sympath I, yep. I always get them confused yeah. from parasympathetic to yep. sympathetic. Parasympathetic being the fight or flight or freeze. Mm. No, so so no, sympathetic, yeah, yeah, sympathetic. See, I always get it backwards. Yeah, so sympathetic is more stress, fight or flight or freeze okay. based. It's more, um, you know, the, the mouth breathing stimulates that that uh, sympathetic response. The parasympathetic is the rest, digest, and okay. mellow out. And you know, by going on the nose and learning how to breathe through your nose the right way helps foster that feeling of the parasympathetic system more so to calm down okay. and relax. You know. Yeah, and so take you out of the red zone. Correct. Kind of thing. Yeah, because that's what was exactly happening, yeah. you know. And and um, so started learning how to breathe on my nose. I started working in uh, some breath holds too. Right. Um, and right away when I started working in the breath holds, um, that feeling of the panic was what rose up in me again. And I thought, I remember the day that I learned like was doing that i was like yeah. this feels familiar this is this is what exactly the way i feel when i'm having a panic attack on the ground and somebody's holding me down this is exactly the way it feels and so realizing that i just kept diving deeper into it i'm like this is this is what is happening is that i'm breathing completely all wrong um and so ever since i'm just i'm you know all through the nose, all through the nose, best I can, and right. you know. And there's, you mentioned Brian McKenzie. I, I love Brian McKenzie's yeah. stuff. I follow him all the time, and um, what they've been able to come up with uh, as far as the breath is genius. Because his stuff, as you were saying, like there aren't many people out there that are athlete focused right. when it comes to breath work. Yeah. But Brian is very. Like, I, I very I'm all over his stuff. I love what he's doing. Um, I love what they've done with the breath gears. They they talk about your workload and how what your breath pattern should be for that workload. And so that way it really, you know, it it makes sense to me, you know. And the way I describe it is like, 
you know, if you have a stick shift car, right. if you're going to go across the parking lot with that car, you don't put it in fifth gear to try and go only five miles an hour. Your breath is the same way with how much effort you're putting out. Okay. Right. Does that make, so, yeah. so like when I'm doing jujitsu, for example, I'll try and stay on my nose as best I can. And then, um, if there's a scramble, I'll kick on my mouth. But then once the scramble kind of ends, I'm right back to my, my nose and start gearing it down, you right. know, cause now right. I'm resting and trying to, you know, drive weight and pressure and that sort of thing. So, um, it's completely changed my game. Um, yeah, I don't life know. I, it's, it's, well. it's really crazy. Yeah. In life. Yeah. Just being able to remain calm and, and, um, you know, I, I, I've added other things in. Like, uh, I used to think for a long time that the elevation masks were kind of goofy. You know, right. like the masks yeah, they put yeah, on. Yeah. I'm like, ah, you don't need that. The... I use one all the time. Yeah. Uh, I use it this morning. Uh, I run two times a week. I only run a mile. Um, but I do it two, or th- I, two to three times a week. But I keep it easy so that I can do it. Like, I've been doing that over a year. Like, I've not missed, you know. If you do like, oh, I'll go a little bit more, a little bit more. Then eventually what happens is <laughs> you wake up one day and you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to go as much. It's you're just like, easier, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I only run a mile, but I run it with the mask and uh, I have it on the highest sensitive, the highest, you know, like resistance hard to breathe. Whatever, yeah. yeah, resistance. And I stay on my nose and it's, it's, it's a struggle. And so the whole run, you just breathe. Nose to my, yeah. And also with restricted breathing. And that's, um, um what was I reading years ago? Something about special forces doing that. Of yeah. Like, only basically you have to hold a mouthful of water mm-hmm. as you run and if you reach a point where you're not where you can't get enough air nasally then you mm-hmm. need to slow down yeah like, just that simple yep but then that, and that's but it, kind of but what then, like a bench but pretty quickly right you're saying mm-hmm. your body adapted it adapted fast yeah it, it adapted fast I, when i first started doing it like i said i was having those that feeling of that panic again like i can't breathe like it you know brian mentions it's like it's like you're drowning in, in air, in like air, you're, dr- you're yeah. drowning in dr- in, on land, yeah, you know? Like you want <laughs> yeah, to climb to the yeah, you, to the surface. Right, kind of and uh, that's exactly what I was feeling. And now that that has subsided, you know, like I don't, I don't have that as much anymore because I learned how to, you know, regulate it and my body's adjusted. Um, yeah. And that gets back to the cold therapy too because the cold therapy right. will do the same thing. You get in ice cold water, the first thing you want to do is, <gasps> yeah. <gasps> you know, yeah, and so um, yeah. understanding how to, you know, keep calm and use your breath work to, to just ease into it yeah. and relax and, you know, yeah, but the, the ice thing is the, that's one thing like that has yet to get any easier for me. Yeah. Like every time I've done it, I'm just like, <gasps> yeah, like a, oh, yeah. I, I practice as hard as I can to regulate my breath. Yep. And, yeah, and I, yet there is not an ounce of me that ever relaxed. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the that's the cold. Um, the cold for me, it, I feel the benefit a lot. I think because, um, like I, I mentioned before, like I, ha- I have MS. Right. And um, that yeah, we were gonna get there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But it's kind but of it really all ties in directly exactly ties into why. And so, like a lot of MS people have. Uh, a low tolerance to heat like the heat just really you know oh okay. yeah so like my mom had ms and i i last time i saw her walk was when i was like five years old and then she was in a walk oh, yeah she really? she eventually passed away in 2011 from complications to ms related okay. she was way like feeding tube couldn't talk couldn't shut her mouth couldn't right, everything right. so um so and i remember when i was a kid the summer times we had to have 
uh, AC in our house 24 seven because the heat uh, just makes like something with the MS and the heat just like you just wilt, right? And I remember her just being like, you know, it would just destroy her, the heat would. Wow. And so I, I kind of feel like I have some of that where like I can go hot, but it, it takes it out of me faster than what I remember. Right. And right. so now the, the cold <clears throat> helps to kind of off balance that, you know? Okay. And so, um, and so that's why like, I, have a free, I have a six foot freezer in my backyard. <laughs> I can you, get into the do you freezer. do the thing where you fill it with water? And... Yeah, so I got a six foot freezer, chest freezer, and yeah. I caulk the seams, yeah. filled it with water, plug it in, and I keep it right take... around 33, 32. Oh my God. Yeah, so you take it all the way down to like yeah. just above freezing. Yep. Yeah, it's got <sighs> ice in it. I can get in there, you know. But I, to me, I, it feels, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Do you feel, is there some part of you where your body, you feel like your body is like, oh, this is exactly what I need. It it does. Yeah. Yeah. And and when I get out, I feel like rejuvenated and, and ready to go. It helps recovery time. How long do you stay in? Uh, You know, it's funny. I just was talking to some, one of my students this morning about it. I, um, I, I went to Alaska like a yeah, week or two ago yeah and so i didn't have the i wasn't in the freezer so i, I kind of took like a week and a half off that's the longest i i don't normally normally do that and so i just started a couple of days ago and the 32s is it's pretty cold i, I, I i'm like <laughs> oh my lost, gosh like i forgot you're not as acclimated I, yeah to like, it. i kind of lost the ad- adaptation right. right like i i i don't know like i was kind of bummed i'm like really I can't stay in this for over a minute. Like right. before, I was doing it two or three times, four times a week, and, and I could go for close to three minutes, over three minutes, right. you know. Do you go cold, hot, back and forth? Uh, I do do that, but, I, but I, I, I like to just go in with the cold. With your condition, I would imagine, mm-hmm. the hot. Yeah, the hot tub, we do have a hot tub at the house, and I, I, I get in it, but I always go in the, in the cold yeah, before I get yeah, done. Because yeah, if, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. if I go out, I just get like... Um, I don't like it. Like <laughs> yeah, really woozy like, and just like it just is exhausting to me. Like it's only, just hot. You only got diagnosed with MS in the last year, is that right? Yeah, last uh, in 2019. Okay. Yep. And um, but it's it's been good. I mean, I I have the breath work and the cold and, and the martial arts and and um, you know I got into a lot of diet stuff there for a while too that helped and and. Um, I'm managing it well. I feel great. I feel really good. But there are things like my hands. Um, I, it feel. Have you ever played that game where you like have to hold on to the sticks that are vibrating, like the, you know, and it's like how long can you go with like holding on and you let go and your hands kind of. Yeah, it just feels like it's yeah, still going. Yeah, it, it it feels like that, like uh, like just uh, all the time. just my hand. Yeah, all the yeah. time, my left hand, and but for the most part. Uh, I, I'm I'm good, but I think right. if you know, it really is the the breath work. It's the everything. You know, I mean, right. it's keeping me going. You just gotta stay active. Right. You know, do stuff. So, but yeah. So. Well, and by the way, when you when you send out the email, kind of to the whole gym, mm-hmm. explaining the diagnosis and what it meant and all that, like I I thought that was. Uh, Brave isn't the right word because it was more like it seemed like just the perfect thing to do. Uh-huh. You're like you said in your letter, like you're sharing it with your family. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I when I 
Well, for, to start off, the reason I got I went to the neuro the, the neurologist to figure out what was going on is because from my chest down was like tingly numb, like everything. So I went to the the chiropractor and I said, I think I have a pinched nerve. And they're like, yeah, you don't have a pinched nerve because it would just be one side. She says, you need to go to a neurologist. So I went to the neurologist, and. Um, and it's just one of those moments that will always stick with me the rest of my life. I remember him walking in and he says, um, you know, hey, how, how's it going? Are you doing okay? And he goes, have you ever heard of MS? And I just lost it. Just, I just started crying. I just lost it because that's my whole life. I've been around MS right. my whole life. So, my mom, it just destroyed my mom. And so when he told me I had MS, I just, I, I like they had to give me like a calm down pill and like I was really wow. freaking out. Yeah. And so a couple of days went by and I kind of came to grips with it. And I thought the universe is trying to tell me something like I need to probably expose this and try to, you know, combine what I do and let people know yeah. that it's not the end of the world. And so I kind of started to try and throw a positive spin on it as fast as I could. And, um, and so um, I went into the gym to go teach, hadn't told anybody. And I remember teaching and just feeling really weird. Like I was had this huge burden on my shoulders and, and, and nobody knew about it. And I just, it was like disrupting my speech and the flow of the teaching. And I, I just, I couldn't get into it because I just felt like I was holding this huge secret. And then that's when I went home and I was like, I, ca I can't do this. I have to, I have to let it out. Like I gotta let, let everybody know for whatever reason, just for me to like feel like I got off my chest. And uh, yeah, I went home and wrote that letter and just kind of, and, and, and I'm glad I did because it, it was because of what we were talking about before with the, you know, the camaraderie and, and right. the people the and family. yeah, the family there and it's a support system, you know, and, and that's a lot of times what the gym is for, for people. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, you're learning self-defense martial arts, but really it's, people with depression or you know they have anxiety or they have whatever going on in their life it's a it's an escape you know you yeah. get in there and you know you you get to go with like-minded people that want to do what you do yeah. and it's fun and just for that hour hour and a half however long you're in there like could be bombs going off right and you, you have no idea because you're so focused on trying to defend your neck or you you know he's trying to get it becomes a game and and then you're your demeanor and your mood when you're done is like, thank God, like you're just yeah. wiped clean. Yeah. Like you just wiped your slate clean. And, and that's what I needed to do. I needed to put that news on the slate so that right. I could clear it, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's what I did. And I'm glad I, mean, I did. That, nowhere near comparing the two, but like most of 2019 was a brutal year for me. And that mm -hmm. like, I, that was my instant thought was in addition to training, you know, like strength training, that's yeah. the other part of it for me. But I was instantly was like, I'm just, I'm going to go, go to jujitsu and just mm -hmm. walk in the door. Yeah. Like whatever I do in there, it almost doesn't matter, but just to be there and just yep. kind of lose myself in that. Yeah. It's, it's just so refreshing. You and know, the, the you know. cool thing is, is there are people in there that, you know, everybody's got their different personalities. Some people come off as gruff and some, yeah. but like some of those folks that is soon, you know, they, you know, they could tell something was going on. They were like, I would explain what was going on in my life. And they were instantly like, whatever you need, you want to get a yep. beer, you want to sit yep. down and talk, you know, like, yep. whatever you need, I'm yeah. just let me know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, 
it's so cool that it, that it evolved into that. Yeah. You know, I mean... But that's a tribute to you. I mean, like, that... The atmosphere you have created and fostered mm-hmm. and made the the sort of vibe in that yeah. gym is... When I, I, I had a gym in Eugene for a long time with some partners there, and, right. and uh, I moved over to Bend in 2013, and I started this gym, and, and you know, I tried to envision kind of what I wanted to have happen, what the, way, the route I wanted it to go, and I always thought, I want a family gym, I want it to where kids and adults can, they can interchange, they, yeah. it's no problem, um, you know, because... Not to talk bad about the MMA, but, you know, like, I didn't want a fighter gym. I didn't want, like, to come over here and have a gym, an MMA gym. Because the problem with that is it it fosters a different kind of vibe, Mm -hmm. right? It's more competitive. It's younger. It's people that want to fight. It's, you know, it's different, right? And... I know people want to train like that sometimes, but they don't want to be beaten down, <laughs> you know, right. and reefed on like broken nose all the time. And, you know, that's young, yeah. younger guys yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so I, my original plan, I thought, oh, I'll have MMA cause I had MMA when I had in, in Eugene and, um, and then I thought, you know what, I'm going to do away with the MMA. I'm only going to do jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai and Jeet Kune Do and, and the Kali. And <laughs> only, like, only those only, yeah, four yeah. or five martial and, arts. Um, <clears throat> and um, I just structured it in a way where, you know, I tried to get just quality people in. And, you know, I wanted to reach out to the people that may not do like a, like a like martial art, you know. Like I'm always after the people that don't know about it. I'm not advertising to the people that know about it. Right. Because, you know, for me, I like the idea of somebody cruising through their life. They have some something come up and they're like, what's this jujitsu thing? And I'm like, no, let me show you. And then they get hooked. And that's what does. I love that because it's changing their life. Right. And and they're they're getting into it and they never knew about it. You know, that's what's so cool. I mean, I love it too when people come in, they're like, yeah, I've had some experience, that sort of thing. It's great, but yeah. but they already know what jujitsu and, and martial art can do for them. Right. You know? And when you're when you're like showing someone yeah. for the first time, yeah. you see their eyes kind yeah. of light up. I like, just had a lady the other day that just, you know, she's early 40s and like, I'm just looking for a change. I just, I, I right. worked out, I, I do this, I do that. I'm, you know, I just want to do something different and I've heard of jujitsu. I don't know anything about it. I'm like... Well, come on in. Let's yeah. come come in. Let's see yeah. what it is. And she goes, okay, I'll come in, but I'm just going to watch. I said, okay, that's fine. Yeah. So I, I get her. But when people tell me they're going to come in and watch, I, I, oh, I'm like a 100% success rate of getting them actually on the mat. I don't let anybody just watch. You know, I tell them, okay, yeah, cool. If you take it at your own pace. But I say, let me just show you a few things. Here's kind of what the deal is. You know, pour the ghee. And the next thing you know, they're on the mat and then they love it. Like they're like, I, I didn't, I was so intimidated. I don't know anything about it, you know. And so now she's hooked. It's only been like two weeks and she's been in there every day. <laughs> she loves it. She's like, dude, this is the greatest thing. It's so cool. And it's so different, you know, Yeah. so different. Um, but that's that for me. Um, I, I like that. I, I think it's really cool when you're just hitting people that just, they just didn't even have a clue, you know? So, right. Right. But well, and the other, the other part that I love is the kids programs there. Yeah. I mean, of course, like my girls, well, 
I guess my younger daughter wasn't old enough yet to start back when my older daughter was doing it. Yeah. But once we sort of get back in the rhythm of life after all the COVID yeah. stuff and all this stuff, if, especially if they're not going to school. Right. Um, if training jujitsu is, you know, deemed acceptable or mm -hmm. safe or whatever, like, I want them in there. Because yeah. Yeah. A, for young women, mm -hmm. and, but also for kids. There, it's, it's this extraordinary mix of, like, it's a dangerous, powerful martial art that gives people control. Yeah. You don't have to hurt somebody. Right. You don't have to sort of... Yep break a bone or something yep. it's like it's it allows it's, you to control someone exactly. especially if they don't train exactly yeah i mean the kids you know I, I i think just in general you know if if parents have kids out there and they're looking to a martial art i i'm a firm believer in getting them into either jujitsu wrestling boxing or muay thai <laughs> like that i mean i because one they're just so effective right yeah. and they all have a very strong work ethic yeah. you know and there's also a big slice of reality in those martial arts right because when somebody's coming after you like kickboxing or or, or jiu-jitsu they're they're going for you it's not like a lot of forms and just by yourself and right, 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 theater right. The, you know um you know uh, pretending like oh I right. hit you in the eye did you know it's not a lot of it's very real just like right. it is for adults it's not just like going through a kata and no a series of yeah no it's and... it's it, it forces them to deal with yeah. that pressure and you know just the I, you know I think wrestling probably has one of the strongest strongest worth work ethics I mean name a wrestler that's wrestled for like 10 years and show me that they don't just know how to really grind. yeah they know how to grind yeah. they know how to grind i mean and and i think just teaching that to them at a young age you know with any yeah. one of those any one of those boxing the same way hard hard you know uh just helps develop character really right and do bring your girls still do jujitsu they used to do jujitsu for a long time they I know, were and there are pictures up in the gym and stuff of them yeah that's that's my that's my leaving it up hoping that they'll <laughs> <laughs> come back because <laughs> no. now they're old enough they yeah. they can be like dad i don't want to yeah okay and you know i i, I always uh, um when i was teaching them i always thought once it gets to the point where they want to break off and do their own thing and do their own being and explore the, their own path that's fine, you know, but um, at least they know, you know, kind of the basic, they know how to do it, you know. In fact, I, I give them some some grief every once in a while. I'm like, you guys forgot how to do it. No, I don't. And then they get on the floor and they show, I still know how like, to do right. it, but they don't practice it, obviously, you know. Um, but yeah, they, they have their own thing now, you know, like yeah. the youngest one's in volleyball and she's gung-ho about that. And the older one just graduated, unfortunately, class of 2020. So that was kind of weird, oh, but that's, it's kind yeah. of, you know, but kind of a, not a letdown, but a, not the big year it should have been. Well, it's, yeah, it's hard because like for a long time when she was having hard classes and really struggling and we had to get like, you know, I'm like, on the graduation day, it's going to be so worth it. You're going to be, you're going to feel you're so proud when you're up there. That stage and none of that. <laughs> none of that happened. Yeah. Like, I am so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's okay. I think, you know, she got over it, but definitely was a weird year for that. But, um, but yeah, she's getting ready to go to COCC and, you know, kind of do her thing. And it's, it's parenting is, uh, 
There's, that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, it's way harder it's than way 20 harder. plus years in martial arts. Yeah. I mean, you know, but just the, the things that martial arts teaches you and like, like that idea of the panic attack again, when you're on the right. ground and you can't breathe, you have to learn how to breathe and work through it. I mean, I have to do those same techniques when I'm dealing with them sometimes yeah teenage daughters you know i mean it's 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 overwhelming for me sometimes because i was an only child so i don't i never was raised around i don't know anything about it you know so luckily my wife is like she's an excellent mom yeah she has another sister so they you know but um for me it's just kind of like i'm this is (laughs) go figuring it out as we go you right. know and you're like i'm just making it up it's like, yeah like, it's 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 the hardest thing that i've done but it's also like the most rewarding right. you know it's it's uh, it's uh it's interesting man i, re- I really like it but uh every stage is just a little bit different because right now i'm getting to the point where they both have boyfriends and they they go to their house and they'll come over and they go out and they're great but one's getting ready to maybe move out soon. And it's just, this, this, you know, it's just interesting. Right. And it's changing and it's the flow of life, man. I, I have, I'm like, what's next? It's fun. Right, right. So yeah. yeah, it's fun. But I don't know. We'll see what, what happens with them. They're, they're good kids though. Yeah. So. That's all you can ask for, yeah. right? Is like, yeah. I mean, you know, like Stormy and I have been together for such a long time and, um, but that's again that, that getting back to it is like that's how I got to where I'm at really you know with with everything so yeah but well, it sounds like she I mean not only it sounds like she really grounds you and she keeps yeah my, my wife used to train a lot with me for a long time she got her purple belt you know oh, wow. so she, she used okay. to compete and do all that stuff and so I remember you know getting back to how she keeps me ground she keeps me in check like she doesn't let me get too far away like you know (laughs) you're still just this guy here you know yeah and um you know we used to um you know when you're running a a class and a a gym and you're supposed to be the coach and you know you're you're you're, you know there's like a level of like respect and you know that sort of thing and she was always the one that would come in and be like oh you're like slap oh come on just come over here and i'm like (laughs) You're yeah, like, I, so many times I'm like I had to get done with class I'm like you can't do that here like oh it's okay but we can't we can't do that here because the students see it and it looks like it's it's not good you know and right. but she she's like she don't she's care like, get over yourself but it, but it's nice because it keeps me in it does yeah. it you know I, I'm not one to have like I, I don't have a big ego or anything right. I could care less but um but it's just there's something very simple and like like oh whatever yeah. you know uh, that I like you know it's yeah. very she keeps things very easy, <laughs> you know, keeps me in check a little bit for sure. And I'm so. sure now, I mean, with what you're facing now with the challenges of MS and mm-hmm. all this stuff as well, I'm sure that just, it's, it's yeah. another foundation yeah. to lean on. Kind of. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I I even tell them, you know, my in my kids' class and stuff, you know, how important it is to have a support system. You have to have a support system um, because you can only do so much on your own. And at some point in time, you're going to need to have assistance in something. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, she's just, she's, she's ready for whatever. I mean, I don't know. Right. Like, for me, it's been really, I've been really lucky. And I've never really had the idea of like, well, I think I'm tired of her. And, you know, I, I just, it, it just always works out. We've, we yeah. somehow always keep it fresh, you know, for all these times. Wow, you know, we still incredible. keep it, you know. Especially to have started together so young. I mean, yeah, I started, I started dating her before I even did martial art. 
Like I was 15, just turning 15, starting to date her. And then I, I remember telling her, I think I'm gonna get into martial arts. And she's like, oh yeah. You know, I remember like she knew it before even, you know, so, um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a good ride, man. Just super grateful of everything. Yeah. You know, I, I sometimes sit down and go through my breathing practice and just, you know, just think about all the gratitude and how lucky I am. Like everything's working just right, you know, for me. And I mean, there's the bumps in the road, but I don't look at them as negatives. Like the MS happened, that was a bump in the road. But now I feel like I have um, something and a way to understand a, a disease and like help somebody else out. Like I, it doesn't affect, I don't, I'm not like all bummed out about it. You know, I'm not like, yeah, I got MS, MS, so what? I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to go home and cry and like do nothing. You know, I mean, I'm going to go and train. I'm going to do everything that I can do even harder, you know, and like right. be on even more. So that's the thing that's really taught me is that, you know, I'm more diligent with my structured program of working out or running and jujitsu and this, and that, because I have that now. So it's only made my life better. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's weird, but that's the way I look at it. Um, because when I got, when I got the news, you know, one of the first things you want to do is reach out to other people and find other people that have it and say like, what, right. what, what like, do you, how are what, you handling what, yeah, this? how are you handling it? And so I went on social media and I did this MS and then, and I started friending all these people and following all these people. And it was within probably a week and a half or two, I deleted them all <laughs> because it just seemed like it was the poor me's. You ever wake up and just, I can't move today. I can't, dog, you know, dog is oh yeah. Come um, but it just seemed to be more on the negative side than what I was looking right. for. I didn't want to hear how right, right. your arm didn't work today or I, you know, you were so tired you couldn't get out of bed. And, and that's what it, that's what it was. That's and I was, was like, I just, I can't, I'm not doing that. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do my thing. And I, you know, yeah, my hand, like I feel it too, but I don't, right. I'm just going, you know, I don't. So, um, but yeah, you know, like all in all, I'm, I'm happy with everything that I've been able to do. And sometimes I laugh and joke and <laughs> I tell Stormy, I'm like, I feel like I'm retired sometimes. Like I'm just, yeah, I have a business, but I have such a great group of coaches and yeah. people that can cover and, and I can kind of take off when I want and come back when I want. And like, I just do jujitsu or like, I just, I just, you know, like I sometimes think about what it is that I actually do for a living. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of spoiled. I mean, right, you know, right. like I, I'm kind of living the dream. I really am. So I can't complain about anything. I really can't. I, I sometimes sit around and think about what is it that I could possibly complain about. And I, I don't know. If I died tomorrow, I'd be, I don't care. I'm just stoked for the most part. Like, I don't know. I'm just riding high, man. <laughs> Life, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, yeah. literally, I can't think of a better place to, like, put a period at the end of this sentence and yeah. just wrap things up. Like, yeah. as we, I mean, that's the takeaway right there. It's yeah. just like, yeah, like, stuff's going to happen. Yeah, it is going to happen. It's, it's, and, you know, and the thing about it is it's, what what I realized, and uh, anything that happens to you, it's it's you have a responsibility yourself. You you are responsible for the way you're going to deal with whatever comes your way. And if you don't take responsibility and you don't deal with it the right way, you just start going down. You know what I mean? And yeah. and and that's what I that's kind of what I 
think about all the time is when stuff gets, I, it's my choice how I want to deal with this. And, you know, you have to. You have to suck it up and have be responsible, you know. Um, and some things are going to be hard, you know, like maybe there's a death in the family or you lose somebody and it's still your responsibility to proceed how you want to. Yeah. Right? I mean, well, can't ignore it. The one, the one thing that you have control over no matter what yeah. is how you choose to respond yeah. to what happens. Yeah. And that again gets back to the breath work and it just kind of, yeah. you know, I mean, um, yeah. So there's really not enough time. I mean, there's not, there's not time to be bummed out or, right. I mean, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're not living to your full potential if you're always harping about something or negative or going down and it's just so much more fun to be active and healthy and energetic, you know? I mean, yeah. I don't know. It just, that's just the path that works for best for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what well, we can all aim for that. Yeah. Yeah. So well, as we as we wrap things up, where if people want to find you online or learn more about the gym or about jujitsu or yeah, so where, where would um, you point people. To yeah, so I have a gym here in, in Bend, Oregon. Um, the web address is Ben or is uh, ClarksUniversity.com, um, and there's an online course that we have. That's one of the things that we've been working on recently is having online training courses for people. Um, so you can log on there and there's different videos and all kinds of different things that we do um, on that. Um, just because of the, 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 the corona, right. you know, I mean, we, we've had to kind of go more, more on the digital side and <clears throat> ramp up that whole program. So, um, but it's been, it's been working great. I got people all over the country that are subscribed to, I don't know who they are. And it's, right. it's really cool to see like, oh, so-and-so, I don't know who this is, but they just, they're on the courses. Maybe, and, maybe when the world... When we get past all this corona thing, you have like a yeah. bring them all here to bend. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool to have a big, uh, a big training. Yeah. You know, if you were on the online course, have a big training retreat. Yeah. You know, have everybody come in, come and meet the rest of the family. Yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, we're in Bend, Oregon, and it's ClarksUniversity.com. So, okay. Yeah. Ryan, I guess we'll do the fist bump thing. It was a pleasure. So, I had a great man. time. Thanks for sitting down. With Thanks me for inviting me. Sharing all this with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that wraps it up then. Thanks. Awesome. We'll have some more sweet tea. And- yep. I'm good. See if I can get over. Thanks for joining us. The Call to Create with host Charlie Teal is presented by Ghost Village Films and captured at Open Space Event Studio in Bend, Oregon. If you like what you hear, subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube, iTunes, or your favorite listening platform. 